Welcome to an audio recording of a paper titled Effective Reading Instruction in the Early Years of School, written and produced by the Centre for Education Statistics and Evaluation, or CESI, read by Sally Colmeyer. To read the paper, complete with reference material, please visit the CESI website at cese.nsw.gov.au. Let's start with a brief overview. Reading is making meaning from print. It's a foundational yet complex cognitive skill upon which other skills are built. Reading may feel easy for proficient readers, but it's far from simple. Early success in reading is a powerful predictor of later literacy achievement, which in turn is strongly linked with performance across a range of academic areas. Individuals without literacy skills are at risk of being unable to participate in the workforce or engage fully in civic and social life. The teaching and learning of reading has attracted the interest of scholars and researchers across many disciplines, including education, psychology, linguistics and health. Since the year 2000, there have been major reviews of the teaching of reading in Australia, the United Kingdom and the United States. These reviews, along with other research, have consistently identified five key components of effective reading programs. Phonemic awareness, phonics, fluency, vocabulary and comprehension. These components should be taught explicitly, systematically and sequentially. This audio paper summarises the research regarding why these five elements are important, as well as how they should be taught in the classroom. It examines each of the five elements individually in the sequence in which they should be taught, bearing in mind that each element is interconnected and that accomplished reading requires mastery of all of them. The final section considers how reading instruction is currently incorporated into initial teacher education programs in New South Wales. Before we begin, a short note about the scope of this paper. There's a significant amount of research on effective reading instruction, and this paper relies largely on meta-analyses and syntheses conducted by others. It also focuses on reading instruction in the early years of school, and doesn't examine research regarding specific instruction in early childhood education, nor in the later years of schooling. Further, research regarding reading instruction for children who have learning difficulties or specific reading disabilities such as dyslexia is outside the scope of this paper although research indicates that effective instruction for these students often only differs in intensity, pace and duration, rather than in the nature of instruction. This paper should be read keeping these caveats in mind. Before we go on, here's some useful background information. When children begin school, they typically have little knowledge of how to read and write. Unlike speech, reading is not an innate developmental function and there's no single area of the brain devoted to reading. Making sense of written text requires establishing connections between areas of the brain that developed for different cognitive purposes. As a result, most children require specific quality instruction to learn to read. The early years of a child's life and their first few years of formal schooling are critical for the development of reading skills. Emergent literacy skills such as language ability and letter identification are usually developed before a child starts school. A child's home environment and access to high quality early childhood education can have a measurable impact on their literacy skills at school entry. These emergent literacy skills are precursors to the development of conventional literacy skills such as decoding, reading comp comprehension, spelling and writing. 
Research has demonstrated a strong relationship between the development of emergent literacy skills and later success in reading. Children who experience difficulties with reading in their first years of schooling are more likely to experience problems longer term. Many have suggested that learning to read in English can be more challenging than in other languages. English is less phonetically regular than some other languages and many English words look alike but sound different. The 26 letters and 45 phonemes in the English language can be said at least 350 ways. Goth and Tunmer in 1986 put forward the idea of the simple view of reading to explain what abilities are required to learn to read. This model proposes that both decoding and comprehension processes are necessary for reading. Decoding is vital, but the ability to recognise or pronounce a word does not itself mean the reader will understand the text. This idea is supported by later cognitive science findings on how the brain learns to process written language. Other factors that may influence the ability to learn to read include student engagement and motivation and oral language comprehension. Before we proceed, it might be useful to define the words phoneme and grapheme. The term phoneme refers to the distinct units of sound that make up spoken language. Few English words have only one phoneme, such as A or O. Most words consist of a blend of phonemes, such as NO with two phonemes, N, O, or DEC with three, D, E, K. Graphemes are units of written language which represent phonemes in the spelling of words. Graphemes can consist of one letter, for example N, O, D and E, or multiple letters, such as CK. These graphemes, or letters and letter combinations, symbolise one or more phonemes, or sounds. Let's begin with what's colloquially referred to as the reading wars. The way reading should be taught in schools has been the topic of much debate. This debate has broadly been between proponents of the whole language approach and proponents of the explicit instruction approach. The whole language approach is generally understood to refer to an approach or teaching method that introduces students to language through context, for example stories and picture books. This approach is aligned with the constructivist philosophy in which children are viewed as active, self-regulating learners who construct knowledge for themselves. It assumes that children will acquire each of the elements of reading, including the alphabetic code, through exposure and incidental guidance and explanation. In this approach, phonics instruction is integrated into other activities and taught incidentally. The explicit instruction model, in contrast, is based on methodical and systematic instruction with the aim that children will become skilled readers within the first few years of school. The explicit instruction model, with the most evidence behind it, is phonics. Phonics focuses on the relationship between letters and sounds so that students can learn to decode or spell words. Phonics methods typically employ more teacher-centred instruction, scheduled practice and feedback than whole language approaches. The most effective phonics method is called synthetic phonics and is described in more detail later in this paper. The explicit instruction model, incorporating explicit teaching of phonics, was the norm until the mid-20th century, but the whole language approach subsequently became common in schools across the United States, Canada, New Zealand and the United Kingdom. 
In Australia, the whole language approach was used for several decades. In the last 10 to 15 years, however, there has been a move back towards explicit instruction as a preferred method for teaching reading. The shift back towards explicit instruction in phonics has been informed by a growing body of evidence pointing to the effectiveness of phonics instruction. John Hattie's meta-analysis finds whole language approaches have an effect size of 0.06 and phonics an effect size of 0.52. Similarly, the National Inquiry into the Teaching of Literacy found strong evidence that a whole language approach to the teaching of reading on its own is not in the best interests of children, particularly those experiencing reading difficulties. The five elements of effective reading instruction. The United States National Reading Panel Report is the most comprehensive review ever conducted on how children learn to read. The report identified five essential, sequential, interdependent components of effective reading instruction in school. Phonemic awareness, phonics, fluency, vocabulary and comprehension. These findings are consistent with earlier reviews and have since been supported by the Australian National Inquiry into the Teaching of Literacy, the British Independent Review of the Teaching of Early Reading, known as the Rose Report, and other research. The report from the National Inquiry into the Teaching of Literacy, titled Teaching Reading, notes, the incontrovertible finding from the extensive body of local and international evidence-based reading research is that children during the early years of schooling must first master the alphabetic code via systematic, explicit and intensive instruction in phonemic awareness, phonics, reading fluency, vocabulary and reading comprehension strategies. There is general agreement across the literature about the need for these five elements to be taught explicitly, systematically and sequentially as they build on one another. A report by the National Research Council in the United States found that beginning readers need explicit instruction and practice that leads to an appreciation that spoken words are made up of smaller units of sounds, familiarity with spelling sound correspondences and common spelling conventions and their use in identifying printed words, sight recognition of frequent words, and independent reading, including reading aloud. Fluency should be promoted through practice with a wide variety of well-written and engaging texts at the child's own comfortable reading level. Similarly, the National Inquiry into the Teaching of Literacy report concluded that the five elements of reading must be taught early, explicitly, and taught well. As part of explicit instruction, students' reading abilities should be monitored and assessed regularly, particularly in the early years. In the Australian National Inquiry into the Teaching of Literacy, the committee recommended that the teaching of literacy throughout schooling be informed by comprehensive, diagnostic and developmentally appropriate assessments of every child, mapped on common scales. Assessment of children in the early years of schooling is of critical importance in teaching reading. Monitoring and assessment should identify strengths and areas for improvement in children's knowledge, skills and understanding. Reading instruction should then be adjusted based on results to ensure instruction meets different students' needs. A note on explicit instruction. Explicit teaching practices involve teachers clearly showing students what to do and how to do it, rather than having students discover or construct information for themselves. Explicit or direct instruction is characterised by planned and sequenced lessons, 
clear and detailed instructions and modelling, and frequent systematic monitoring and feedback. This approach acknowledges that learning is a cumulative and systematic process and that students need to master foundational skills before moving on to more complex tasks. Lessons focus on clearly defined objectives that are stated in terms of what students will do and practice activities that are purposefully designed to help students master and retain new skills. So let's take a closer look at each of the five key components of effective reading programs. The first is phonemic awareness. What is phonemic awareness? Phonemic awareness refers to the understanding that spoken words are composed of individual or distinguishable sounds. Before children learn to read, the evidence shows that they need to develop an awareness of how the sounds in words work. Phonemic awareness is related to phonics, but the two are not synonymous. Phonemic awareness is the understanding that the sounds of spoken language work together to make words. Phonics is the understanding that there is a predictable relationship between written language and sounds. That is, that the letter D represents the sound D. If children are to benefit from phonics instruction, they need phonemic awareness. Phonemic awareness is a subskill of phonological awareness, which refers to the broader ability to focus on the sounds of words, including syllables and rhyme. Why is phonemic awareness important? There's been a growing consensus as to the critical importance of phonemic awareness over the past few decades. Phonemic awareness provides the foundation for the development of more complex skills, particularly decoding using a structured knowledge of phonics. To understand the alphabet principle, that is, that there's a relationship between written letters and sounds, Readers must first develop an awareness that words are made up of distinguishable sounds. Torgerson states, a simple way to say this is that for individual children, phonemic awareness is what makes phonics instruction meaningful. Phonemic awareness has been found to be predictive of later reading achievement, with phonemic awareness instruction found to have a positive effect on later reading ability. The benefits of phonemic awareness instruction have been found to last well beyond the end of this instruction. How should phonemic awareness be taught and assessed? Effective phonemic awareness instruction teaches children to notice, think about, and work with or manipulate sounds in spoken language. Children will begin school with different levels of phonemic awareness. Many children will develop an awareness of the phonological structure of speech during their preschool years, but some students will arrive at school with low levels of phonemic awareness. For these children, phonemic instruction can help to bridge a critical gap between inadequate preparation for literacy learning and success in beginning reading. Several tasks are commonly used to improve or assess the subskills of phonemic awareness. These include, but are not limited to, phoneme blending, phoneme segmentation, and phoneme manipulation. A bit more about each. Phoneme blending. Blending phonemes refers to the process of combining individual phonemes to form words. Blending requires children to listen to a sequence of spoken phonemes and then combine them into a word. For example, listening to the sounds k, a, t to form the word cat. Instruction should begin with simple vowel consonant words, for example, it and consonant-vowel-consonant words, for example, cat, 
before moving on to more complex words with consonant blends, for example, fast, and digraphs, for example, chip. A digraph is a single sound or phoneme, which is represented by two letters. The next task commonly used to improve or assess the subskills of phonemic awareness is phoneme segmentation. Segmentation is the process of breaking words into their individual phonemes or syllables. For example, the learner breaks down the word run into its component sounds. R, a, n. Again, instruction should begin with more simple words. For example, listen to the sounds in at, at, t, and then move on to more complex words. For example, listen to the sounds in chop, ch, o, p. The final task commonly used to improve or assess the subskills of phonemic awareness is phoneme manipulation. Phoneme manipulation refers to the ability to manipulate the sounds in words. This requires a higher level of phonemic awareness. Types of phoneme manipulation include adding or deleting phonemes to or from words, or substituting one phoneme for another to create a new word. For example, asking students, what word do you have if you add the sound b to the word rain? Or what happens if you swap the letter N in bun for the letter G? The second key component of effective reading programs is phonics. What is phonics? Phonics is the understanding that there's a relationship between the individual sounds or phonemes of spoken language and the letters or graphemes that represent those sounds in written language. This understanding is sometimes referred to as the alphabetic principle. There are a number of different approaches to teaching phonics with varying levels of effectiveness. The most effective method is called synthetic phonics. Synthetic phonics is explicit and carefully sequenced. Also known as blended or inductive phonics, synthetic phonics involves teaching students to pronounce the sounds or phonemes associated with letters in isolation. Students are then taught to combine or synthesize these sounds to form words. For example, pronouncing each phoneme in hop, h, o, p, separately, and then blending these to produce the word hop. Why is phonics important? An understanding of the relationships between letters and sounds is vital for decoding words, which, in turn, is critical for reading. Learning the letter-sound correspondences and how to blend them together provides students with a strategy for approaching unknown words. While some children begin to read by memorising words by sight, this is not usually an effective long-term strategy, particularly as the volume of words required to read age-level material increases. The National Reading Panel report from 2000 found that systematic phonics instruction enhances children's success in learning to read and is more effective than instruction that teaches little or no phonics. The report used a meta-analytic approach to estimate the effect of systematic phonics instruction compared to unsystematic or no phonics instruction. The results found a moderate overall mean effect size for phonics instruction of 0.41 with the positive effects persisting after instruction ended. The report concludes, 
findings provided solid support for the conclusion that systematic phonics instruction makes a more significant contribution to children's growth in reading than do alternative programs providing unsystematic or no phonics instruction. Similarly, the Australian National Inquiry into the Teaching of Literacy found that for beginning reading, systematic instruction in phonics makes significantly greater contributions to children's initial and subsequent growth in reading, writing, spelling and comprehension than approaches involving unsystematic or no phonics instruction. The inquiry found this approach allows children to master the essential alphabetic code-breaking skills required for foundational reading proficiency. To quote directly from the report, the evidence is clear that direct systematic instruction in phonics during the early years of schooling is an essential foundation for teaching children to read. The Rose Review in the United Kingdom reached similar conclusions, noting the evidence is clear that the teaching of systematic synthetic phonics is the most effective way of teaching young children to read, particularly for those at risk of having problems with reading. Following the Rose Report, there have been significant reforms to early reading instruction in the United Kingdom, including the mandating of systematic synthetic phonics instruction in all schools. As part of the reforms, the Year 1 Phonics Screen Check was introduced in 2012. Since then, there have been marked and measurable improvements in early reading performance. The proportion of students reaching the expected standard of 32 out of 40 has increased each year, from 58% in 2012 to 81% in 2016. The proportion of Year 1 students achieving the maximum score of 40 out of 40 has increased from 9% in 2012 to 18% in 2016. The attainment gap between low and high SES students has also narrowed. Explicit phonics instruction has been found to be particularly beneficial for students who are at risk of experiencing difficulties learning to read. Evidence shows explicit instruction in phonics and phonemic awareness can reduce literacy gaps between high and low SES students. A longitudinal study in Canada tracked a group of students who undertook a literacy program that included explicit instruction in phonemic awareness and phonics. In kindergarten, there were significant associations between SES and reading, spelling and phonological abilities but these associations declined to non-significant levels by grade three. The Clackmannanshire study, more about which in a moment, also found that synthetic phonics instruction reduced attainment gaps between low and high SES students. At the end of year two, children from disadvantaged backgrounds performed as well as their peers if taught by the synthetic phonics program. Although the low SES students started to fall behind their peers in Year 7, they were still performing at or above chronological age in word reading, spelling and reading comprehension. How should phonics be taught and assessed? The most effective method of teaching phonics is synthetic phonics. In synthetic phonics, children are taught to sound and blend from the beginning of reading instruction after a few letter sounds have been taught. Synthetic phonics works because it is systematic and sequential. It recognises that certain skills or concepts need to be taught before others, and therefore skills are taught in a specific sequence. 
the complexity of the English language makes it important for letter sound knowledge to be introduced systematically, particularly for beginning readers. It is the efficiency and effectiveness of synthetic approaches relative to other forms of teaching reading that make it so suitable for teaching children the essential skills of decoding. Phonics instruction should commence early. The National Reading Panel analysis found phonics instruction that began early in schooling proved much more effective than phonics instruction introduced after first grade. Mean effect sizes were highest for kindergarten at 0.56 and first grade at 0.54 and lower for instruction in second through sixth grades where the effect size was 0.27. The report commented, Systematic phonics instruction in kindergarten and first grade is highly beneficial. To be effective, systematic phonics instruction introduced in kindergarten must be appropriately designed for learners and must begin with foundational knowledge involving letters and phonemic awareness. And now a little bit more about that Clackman and Shear study. Results from a seven-year longitudinal study undertaken by Johnston and Watson in 2005 support the efficacy of synthetic phonics instruction. The study was carried out in Clackman and Shear primary schools in Scotland, where three training programs were conducted with 300 children over 16 weeks. For 20 minutes each day, children were taught either a synthetic phonics program, an analytic phonics program, or an analytic phonics plus phonological awareness training program. At the end of these programs, children in the synthetic phonics group were reading around seven months ahead of children in the other two groups and were spelling eight to nine months ahead of the other groups. The group taught synthetic phonics were also better at reading irregular words than children in the other two groups. At the end of the student's seventh year of primary school, these students had not only maintained their advantage, but it had increased over time. The third key component of effective reading programs is fluency. What is fluency? Reading fluency refers to the reader's ability to recognise words accurately and quickly, and to read aloud with appropriate expression. Fluency requires well-developed word recognition skills, but such skills do not necessarily lead to fluency. It is thought that reading fluency has three dimensions. The first, accuracy in word decoding, refers to the ability of the reader to sound out words with minimal errors. The second, automatic processing or automaticity, requires readers to expend as little mental effort as possible in the decoding aspect of reading so they can instead focus on making meaning. The third, prosodic reading or prosody, refers to the way in which readers use appropriate expression, emphasis and pauses while reading. Why is fluency important? Although fluency alone is not sufficient for high levels of reading achievement, it is important because it provides a link between decoding and comprehension. Fluency builds on phonemic awareness and decoding skills. Fluent readers are able to decode words quickly and accurately, allowing them to focus their attention on the meaning of the text. Poor automaticity or prosody can lead to confusion or misinterpretations of the text, making fluency an important skill for text comprehension. How should fluency be taught and assessed? Research in this area has examined several instructional approaches, modelling oral reading, repeated reading and independent silent reading. 
The first method involves teachers reading texts aloud to demonstrate appropriate phrasing, speed and expression. In the second approach, students read passages aloud several times and receive guidance and feedback from their teacher. In the final approach, students are encouraged to read extensively on their own. Modelling oral reading is a simple way for teachers to demonstrate what fluent and non-fluent reading sounds like. It allows teachers to draw attention to different aspects of fluency to demonstrate that meaning in reading is conveyed not only through words, but also in the way that words are expressed. To show this, teachers can contrast a fluent reading of a passage with a disfluent reading and ask students which reading they preferred and why. There is general agreement that repeated reading methods improve fluency. The National Reading Panel report found classroom practices that encourage repeated oral reading with feedback and guidance lead to meaningful improvements in reading for both good readers and students who are having difficulties. There's disagreement as to whether independent silent reading with minimal guidance or feedback improves fluency. The National Reading Panel report notes, Despite widespread acceptance of the idea that schools can successfully encourage students to read more and that these increases in reading practice will be translated into better fluency and higher reading achievement, there is not adequate evidence to sustain this claim. This doesn't mean that encouraging students to read more is not effective at improving fluency, but rather that current research is not sufficient to demonstrate that this strategy has a beneficial effect on reading achievement. Others, however, have suggested that increasing students' independent reading will result in improvements to their reading fluency as well as other measures of reading proficiency. Teachers can assess each of the three dimensions of reading fluency. Accuracy and automaticity can be assessed by measuring a student's reading rate and words correct per minute. Tracking children's words correct per minute throughout the year provides a clear record of their progress in terms of both accuracy and speed. Teachers can also compare students' scores with norms or published standards for students in the relevant grade level. To assess prosody, teachers can listen to students read grade level passages and assess elements such as their expression, inflection, volume and pace. Teachers may use a checklist, or a more quantifiable scale to measure these elements. While reading speed is important, fluency instruction and assessment should not focus solely on speed. Rosinski in 2004 comments, if we emphasize speed at the expense of prosodic and meaningful reading, we'll end up with fast readers who understand little of what they've read. He asserts that effective fluency instruction doesn't require a specific focus on reading for speed and that students' reading rates will improve as they become more efficient and confident in their ability to decode words. The fourth key component of effective reading programs is vocabulary. What is vocabulary? In this context, vocabulary refers to the words children know and use when communicating with others. There are four types of vocabulary, listening, speaking, reading and writing. Listening and speaking vocabularies are sometimes referred to collectively as oral vocabulary. Why is vocabulary important? The importance of vocabulary is well established. The National Reading Panel found vocabulary plays an important role both in learning to read and in comprehending text. 
If students know the meaning of a word, they're far more likely to be able to read it and make meaning of it within the context of the text. Beer Miller states, Teaching vocabulary will not guarantee success in reading, just as learning to read words will not guarantee success in reading. However, lacking either adequate word identification skills or adequate vocabulary will ensure failure. How should vocabulary be taught and assessed? Vocabulary is learned both indirectly and directly. Children learn the meanings of many words indirectly through everyday experiences with both oral and written language, including conversations, being read to, and reading on their own. Nonetheless, students should still be taught vocabulary directly. Direct instruction helps students learn difficult words, such as words that represent complex concepts or that are not part of their everyday experiences. Graves states that effective vocabulary instruction includes teaching students new words directly, as well as teaching students word learning strategies they can use to learn words on their own. Strategies for effective vocabulary instruction include how to use word parts, for example suffixes, prefixes and base words to figure out the meanings of words in text, and how to use context clues to determine word meanings. An important component of vocabulary instruction is choosing appropriate words to teach. Beck, McCune and Kuchen segregate words into three tiers. Words in the first tier are familiar, everyday words that are not conceptually difficult. For example, cat, happy and baby. While most children will have learned many of these words prior to formal schooling, some tier one words will need to be taught explicitly, particularly for those students who begin school with limited vocabulary. Words in tier two are more complex, but are used regularly and across a variety of contexts. For example, coincidence, admire, and portable. These words should be taught directly, with priority given to words that students are likely to encounter in a range of texts and have many opportunities to use. Words in the third tier are used less frequently and are often limited to specific contexts, such as science, mathematics, or music. For example, peninsula and isosceles. Tier three words are not typically used in everyday conversation, but are essential to engage fully with specific topics. These words should be taught when a specific lesson requires knowledge of the word and underlying concept. Regular and repeated exposure to new vocabulary words is important. Several studies have found an association between repeated readings of stories and improvements in vocabulary in preschool and primary school students. In reading aloud, teachers should encourage their students to actively engage with the text by explaining new words and asking them questions about the book or what is going to happen next. Evidence also suggests that students need regular exposure to words across multiple contexts. Morphology is another important component of vocabulary instruction. Morphology refers to the way words are composed of meaningful parts. A morpheme is the smallest meaningful unit of language. Some words consist of only one morpheme, for example, help, while many others are composed of two or more morphemes, for example, helpful, unhelpful. A useful way to represent the morphological structure of a word is to use word sums, for example, help, the base, plus less, the suffix, equals helpless. Recent meta-analyses have shown the importance of morphology for improving literacy in the early stages. 
This includes improved performance in vocabulary, phonological awareness and spelling. There are some methodological limitations to the evidence regarding vocabulary instruction. This is partly because there are different types of vocabulary and an individual's written vocabulary is often different from their oral vocabulary. It's also difficult to assess vocabulary in a standardised way. In their systematic review, Harrell, Ruckley and Simmons examined 24 studies published between 1999 and 2007. They found few studies used standardised measures and that longer-term word retention was often ignored. They also found that no studies had been published in the relevant period regarding the role of technology in vocabulary acquisition. The fifth and final key component of effective reading programs is comprehension. What is comprehension? Reading comprehension refers to the ability to assemble words into phrases and sentences. For comprehension to occur, students need to be able to recognise the words on a page, assign meaning to each word, assemble words into sentences, and then retain this information while reading subsequent sentences. They also need to be able to use their more general knowledge to supply further context to the text. This requires general cognitive abilities such as attention and memory, as well as specific skills such as decoding and vocabulary. Why is comprehension important? Comprehension is important for students to be able to understand what they read, remember what they read, and communicate with others about what they read. Reading comprehension is viewed as an integral skill, not only to academic learning, but to lifelong learning. How should comprehension skills be taught and assessed? It's important to recognise that comprehension is highly dependent on a student's other reading skills, such as decoding and vocabulary. Students can't understand a text if they can't read the words and assign meaning to them. For example, a large study of over 400,000 students across years 1, 2 and 3 found that among students whose decoding and vocabulary were developing normally, less than 1% displayed problems with reading comprehension. In most cases, difficulties with reading comprehension will recede as other reading skills improve. However, directly teaching reading comprehension skills is still necessary for most students. This includes instruction about the syntax and rhetorical structures of written language and direct instruction about comprehension strategies. It's less clear exactly how much reading strategy instruction should be given. While the initial value of practicing comprehension strategies is identified by Hirsch, he also points to a likely plateau in skill development. According to Willingham and Lovett, there's no evidence that more instruction yields better effect. Shanahan also agrees that the current length of strategy instruction given in many schools should be questioned. The National Reading Panel's analysis found explicit or formal instruction using a multiple strategy method is most effective in enhancing comprehension. The panel identified seven effective strategies. Comprehension monitoring, cooperative or reciprocal learning, use of graphic and semantic organisers, question answering, question generation, story structure and summarisation. A bit more about each. Comprehension monitoring. Students learn how to monitor their own understanding of the text to become aware of when they do not understand something. This includes 
identifying where in the text the difficulty occurs. For example, I don't understand the last paragraph on page two. Identifying what the problem is. For example, I don't understand what the author means when she says, Charlie is totally horse mad. And then using appropriate strategies to resolve this. These strategies may include restating the difficult section in their own words. For example, well, the author means that Charlie loves horses. Or looking to sections earlier or later in the text that may help. The second strategy for enhancing reading comprehension is cooperative or reciprocal learning. Students learn reading strategies reciprocally with their teacher and other students. Careful oversight should be used with this approach to ensure that errors are not transmitted from one student to another. The third strategy for enhancing reading comprehension is use of graphic and semantic organisers. Students generate representations of the material, such as graphs or story maps, to assist with comprehension. Graphic and semantic organisers provide students with a way to visually construct and represent ideas from the text or show the relationship between characters, settings or events. The fourth strategy for enhancing reading comprehension is question answering. Students use the text to answer questions posed by the teacher and receive immediate feedback. The fifth strategy is question generation. Students ask themselves questions about the text that can be answered within it. By generating questions, students become aware of whether they can answer the questions and if they understand what they're reading. The sixth strategy is story structure. Students are taught to use the structure of the story as a way to help them recall and understand content. Through this, students identify key parts of the text, such as the characters and setting, or the problems and resolution within the narrative. Students often learn to recognise story structure through the use of story maps. And finally, the seventh strategy for enhancing reading comprehension is summarisation. Students identify the important points in a text, condense this information, and then put it into their own words. Instruction in summarising can help students identify and connect with the main themes, eliminate unnecessary information, and retain what they read. This strategy requires both reading and writing skills, and therefore may not be as appropriate for students in the early years of primary school. There's some disagreement as to when comprehension instruction should commence. Willingham suggests comprehension strategies should be introduced towards the end of primary school. Others, however, recommend that comprehension is incorporated into reading instruction from the early years. As with other elements of reading, comprehension instruction is most effective when it's explicit. This includes integrating modelling, feedback and opportunities for practice. Teachers should clearly explain to their students why and when they should use a comprehension strategy and then model the strategies and provide students with opportunities to practice and apply them. Instruction should also be accompanied by ongoing assessment. Teachers should monitor students' use of comprehension strategies and this monitoring should, in turn, inform the teacher's instruction going forward. Teaching teachers to teach reading the teaching of reading is challenging and requires specialised knowledge and skills, 
not least because today's teachers face a diverse range of abilities and experiences in their classes. Adequate preparation needs to be given to teachers through both their pre-service teacher education and ongoing professional development. This includes building teachers' understandings of evidence-based instruction and their capacity to assess reading ability and growth, as well as their use of assessment data to inform appropriate intervention strategies. In New South Wales, teacher education programs are accredited by the New South Wales Education Standards Authority, or NISA, following assessment against the National Program Standards, which incorporate the Australian Professional Standards for Teachers at the graduate teacher level. Initial teacher education, or ITE, providers submit evidence showing how their graduates meet all of the standards, including those relevant to literacy. Programs must have a strong literacy focus and include the pedagogy of reading, with a range of models, including instruction on how to teach phonemic awareness, phonics, fluency, vocabulary knowledge, grammar and text comprehension, writing, spelling, speaking and listening, and related issues of child development and inclusiveness. A report by NISA's forerunner, the Board of Studies, Teaching and Educational Standards, or BOSTES, examined the adequacy of primary initial teacher education programs in addressing literacy learning. As part of this, BOSTES examined documentation submitted by 14 ITE providers for accreditation purposes. Examination of this documentation revealed a lack of clarity about approaches to the teaching of reading and found considerable variation across providers in the amount of course time spent on literacy components and in the emphasis on reading assessment and remediation strategies. Bostos recommended primary ITE programs include a substantial focus within and or across units on the explicit and systematic teaching of reading. Units should include content specific to phonemic awareness, systematic phonics instruction, how to assess reading, the analysis of reading assessment data, the identification and selection of appropriate literacy strategies, particularly for students who are at risk of falling behind, and monitoring student progress in reading. It also recommended all primary education teachers are given the opportunity to engage with approaches to the explicit and systematic teaching of reading during professional experience. These recommendations are consistent with those contained in the Australian National Inquiry into the Teaching of Literacy Report. Concerns have also been expressed in the literature over teachers' knowledge of and confidence in using evidence-based reading instruction methods, particularly those related to phonics instruction. For example, in one study, 162 pre-service teachers completed a questionnaire relating to their attitudes towards using phonics instruction, their knowledge of phonemic awareness, and how well prepared they felt to teach beginning reading. Although most respondents could correctly identify what a phoneme is, many could not actually identify how many phonemes were in given words. Results also revealed that most respondents did not feel prepared to teach beginning readers. These results were consistent with an earlier, similar study by Fielding, Barnsey and Purdy, and another by Stark et al., examining knowledge of phonics among Victorian teachers. In conclusion, there is a significant amount of research that has been conducted into effective reading instruction. The evidence identifies five essential and interconnected components of effective, evidence-based reading instruction. 
phonemic awareness, phonics, fluency, vocabulary and comprehension. All these elements are essential for the early stages of literacy learning. To be most successful, these skills must be taught explicitly, sequentially and systematically. All teachers need to be equipped with an understanding of evidence-based reading instruction and the ability to implement this in the classroom. Currently, there appear to be some discrepancies between the research as to what works and the teaching practices that underpin many ITE programs. Teaching programs should cover the five components of effective reading instruction, as well as the use of assessments to identify and implement appropriate reading strategies.